Bob's in a pod. Bob's in a pod. Bob's in a pod is part of Pod for Change, an initiative by the Indian podcasting community to raise funds for COVID relief. We request you to contribute and donate as much as you can. The link to the campaign is in our show notes as well as website. Do spread the word on social media. Use the hashtag Pod for Change. Hey, this is Peter Pop. Now, in our last episode, we said that we're going to do something different this month. So, before I tell you more about it, I'd like to welcome our next guest, Nadir Kantawala. Hey, hi, Peter. Thank you so much for inviting me to Pops in a Pod. I've I've just heard such amazing things about this podcast. So, yeah, it's great to be here. Before you guys go, okay, what the hell is happening? Let's explain. So, over the next two episodes, we will be interviewing each other. You know, get to know the pops. Now, why are we doing this right now? Because 20th of this month, 20th of June, is Father's Day. And we decided, why keep it, you know, just for one day? Um, we figured, let's just stretch it for the entire month. So, what we've decided to do is, we want to do a special Father's Month. So as we mentioned in our last episode, we've curated some very interesting stories of dads that you probably haven't heard before. Yeah, we've got some great guests lined up this entire month. And the thing is, what we realized is after 78 episodes, how well do you really know Nadir and Peter, right? We've been hosting this podcast for so long. So for the next two episodes, you're going to find out more about us. Let's get to our first guest. So I've known Nadir for over five years now. And so for those of you who've heard our previous episodes would know that we started working together and became friends. And yeah, we were friends long before this podcast came along. Back then we were just Nadir and Peter who would meet each other at work, talk about their kids over coffee and snacks. And yeah, I guess that was the genesis of this podcast. But enough of an introduction, let's get to know Nadir more. So my first question really, Nadir, is you grew up in Bombay all your life, born and brought up? You know, so I tell people that uh, I've, I was born and brought up in, in Bombay and it's true. Uh, there's no lie, that there's no big reveal that's happening today. But um, so my, my mom um, was from Surat, uh, is from Surat. And uh, like how it typically is, uh, you know, with, with that generation or when the woman gets pregnant, she goes back to her, uh, you know, mother's house. So they, back then it was Surat. So she obviously went back to Surat to deliver me. So that was what, three months. So technically I was born in Surat, Gujarat. And then, yeah, grew up the rest of my life till now in Bombay, Mumbai for many yeah, Mumbai, as we call it now. But yeah, so you spent, what, 30 odd years of your life, school, college. I know you moved at least for college uh, to Pune, right? When you did your master's? Yes, that's right. So uh, everything was uh, over here. Um, my school was here. I was in the same school, uh, Christchurch High School, for 12 years, right from, you know, the whatever, play school, nursery all the way till the 10th grade. Uh, then I moved 
to uh, HR college. I did commerce for two years. I I worked also with my dad during that that period. Then I moved to KC College and did my media. And from there on, my my tryst with media media hasn't like it just continued, hasn't stopped till till this very day. So three years in graduation in media. Then I did my masters two years in Pune. And yeah, ever since uh, then, I've I've been in Mumbai. One of the interesting things also, I think, is you were one of the first batches of the newly introduced at that time BMM ma- bachelors of mass media degree, right? Correct, absolutely. So, from two thousand and one to two thousand and four, when I was doing my BMM at KC College, I was the second batch. I mean, I was I was part of the second batch. So the first batch was already introduced back in two thousand, and there were hardly like I think three, two or three colleges that were. Um, that had introduced that course, uh, and that I think lasted for about a good three odd years, and then from the fourth or the fifth year of the course, then I think it just kind of spread everywhere. So now practically every college has has that course. So yeah, I I, I would like to consider myself as one of those esteemed al- alumnus alumni. Yeah. <laughs> second so so wait so you know you go from doing your BMM at KC College. Yeah. And yeah. uh, what did you study at Symbiosis then? So I did my masters in um, audiovisual communication. That's uh-huh. that's what I did. So it, it that's an interesting story. Um, after after my BMM, I joined um, Cartoon Network and Pogo for three years. I I worked in a kids channel, and I think those are the best three years of my my professional life. I had uh, a really really amazing boss, and I think then then. The line of bosses that I had after just did not hold any form of comparison to the one that I worked with, uh, and I just made such amazing friends. Now, is it is that the virtue of being a part of your first job, or was the organization and the people that great that uh, it's so difficult to find people like them now? Uh, I don't know. Um, it could go anywhere. But those three years working w- with the kids channel was just fantastic, and it was during that. Period that I realized that I just feel very inadequate, you know, um, from an education standpoint. Because uh, whoever that I was interacting with had some form of a master's degree. Most of them had had MBAs. So I just felt so small. And I, you know, I told my colleague that that's it. You know, I can't do this anymore. I need to kind of move out, and I have to study further. So I started applying. You know, I started. Um, uh taking these mba sort of exams so there's there's the cat and the sat for symbiosis and a couple others and my god i did so miserably in in cat right i like usually the percentiles that you hear are always like 90 plus because those are the premier colleges right <laughs> i got a 5 or something and that was my percentile so i was i did really badly and i was like okay that's it this mba does, is not going to work for me so i decided to do my masters in uh, production only mainly video production and uh, i i got through symbiosis and yeah those two years were really really good uh, again met some very interesting people and yeah just to t- take a step back yeah. from jumping into you know studying in college doing a bmm which was still recently introduced right so they had a journalism stream and then they had an advertising stream how did you yeah. end up in cartoon network and what were you doing there i'm very curious to know so it's you know it's it's interesting because i actually majored in journalism right um 
I used to write a lot in college for various magazines and newspapers um, for, you know, during the period of my graduation. Uh, I kind of enjoyed it, but I, I don't know. I just had this fascination to work um, in electronic media. Now, back then, for me, electronic media was mostly news. And for some reason, everyone thought I'd, I'd end up as a news anchor. Thank God I didn't. Oh my but God! I still wanted. What? what do, so, <laughs> yeah. so sorry, I'm cutting you. If you were a yeah. news anchor, what would your catchphrase be? <laughs> I'm very I, curious. I, I have absolutely no. I I probably just start yelling at people, <laughs> considering <laughs> how they speak. So yeah, I mean, I I kind of um, feel for some of you know the, the very prominent news anchors that we find on television these days that when they do scream and shout, there is a reason behind it. So yeah, but a- anyway. completely um it was it wasn't meant to happen i i i don't think i would have been an, uh, a great host i did not have um journalistic instincts back then you know investigation or whatever somehow i just wasn't attracted to it because i did an internship and i just i i did not have fun but when i did my second internship i did it at um an entertainment channel uh, sub tv back then and i really enjoyed it like the people that i was working with and you know they taught me so much and i suddenly realized there's so many things you can do right like you can produce uh television shows you can you there's an entire different department just to cut promos and trailers of those shows and there's a graphics department and it was just very exciting right you know uh, when when people say oh it's very glamorous and very glitzy and also i think i kind of uh, was in that trap of this whole glitz and gram- glamour or whatever and uh, i i think at that point i decided that okay you know what i definitely want to get into this whole television entertainment zone and that's how i ended up at cartoon network obviously i never had that in mind that i will work for a kids channel first it was just a great opportunity which came by um the person who i was working with at sub tv recommended my name because she knew somebody else in cartoon network and i immediately got picked up and that was my first job and i was so thrilled i remember i, I just went around running around telling everyone that hey i got my first job and i'm making so much money which was nothing um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah trust me i think i think all of us when we look back right like when you go from yeah. college yeah, yeah, yeah. to make to like borrowing money from your getting money from your parents pocket money to now it's like your own money yeah, yeah. I, i can relate to that so yeah you you talked about another that one of the things that attracted you to television was the glamour and things like that 3 years after working at cartoon network do you kind of look back now and say that it met your expectations or how, what were your feelings after that so it was definitely a doorway into a much wider world of media and entertainment and yeah general entertainment there was no component of glamour to be honest i think from the outside perspective when you are looking at somebody who works in entertainment you're always thinking that oh wow you know he's he's traveling with a production crew and working on production and creation of new things and what they don't realize is that there's just a lot of management when especially when you're working with a channel right uh, you're not really creating anything the creators are outside the channel and you're just managing them so <laughs> um i think the first first year year and a half of my job was like just pure management of vendors so it wasn't 
really sexy work or anything that I was doing. But there was a lot of learning. So that that's something that was interesting. But from there on, I knew that, okay, I want to stay in this space. And then I ended up staying in the Indian television production entertainment field for over 10 years. Yeah. And that that's something that, you know, immediately struck me about when we became friends and you had joined the agency. So I want to take you back through your 10 years in television, right? Because you've worked on a lot of shows that a lot of people, a lot of our listeners would have probably watched and may have seen your name in the credits, but had no idea who Nadir Kantawala is. So tell us, why don't you tell us about some of the shows that you worked on? I don't want to break the suspense, but go on. So, you know, Peter, um, when I was with Cartoon Network and Pogo, um, so the company that owned these channels was uh, Turner. So uh, to the industry people, they would they would be very familiar with the term Turner, right? Um, now, the channels that I did work for, there was no active production that I was involved in, at least. So how it worked was that you buy these or license these international cartoon shows or kids shows from... Um, international production houses and you you take you lease it for three four years or whatever the license period is and then you play it out now the original show obviously would be mostly in english or uh, sometimes japanese sometimes chinese and then you have you have to dub it so i was responsible for the overall dubbing right of of these of these shows uh, but one very interesting show that did you know come our way was takeshi's castle Okay, um, it was very popular back then, and I think people would remember the Keshi's Castle even now, thanks to Javed Jafri's um, lovely, lovely uh, narration. So I was directly involved in that show in terms of I was the channel producer on that show, and I recorded 68 or 70 odd episodes with uh, Javed Jafri directly. So I would work with his writer and him and we would go to the studio and we would record together and uh, yeah so that was that was a lot of fun that was like my first celebrity uh, you know uh, connection and he's wow. such a cool guy like Javed Jaffe is such a cool guy and like he would keep joking with me he's like hey what are you doing working on a channel you should be in films you should come chal, I'll get you a role I said no Baba I don't <laughs> I'm happy where I am right now he's like hey kaisa hai? no confidence only here. I said yeah you can say whatever you want I don't want to be on the screen he's like ab to leke hoga, ruk. so that was yeah that was like my first brush with a celebrity really really cool guy Javi Javi still is I think he still is a really cool guy and um, yeah, so Takeshi's uh, was a huge, huge success, yeah. and it kind of catapulted uh, Ogo to some really, uh, you know, great, good level at least with with the kids. So yeah, that that was like that's one big thing that I'm going to remember. And and apart from that, I think the memories of working with with everyone like Shilpa, Nuron, uh, Vishnu. Um, Anjana, very nice people, really, like, I, the fact that I still remember them and I still use their first name is, it's just the impact that they, they had on me and they, you know, they took care of me, they taught me so many things and I, I'm still in touch with, uh, well, all of them, in a way, except for Vishnu, he's, he's now abroad somewhere, so, but yeah, it was a great three years, but also, I think, what I did learn is, as I said, that I just felt very inadequate. And I, I thought I should study more and I always wanted to study more. I just didn't have the right guidance as to what to do. So when you meet people from the field, 
they give you that that direction and they they you know they advise you okay do this or do that or they'll ask you what is it that you like to do and then basis that you know figure it out don't just jump into an mba because everyone's doing it do something else and i think that really hit me and yeah so then i found myself 3 years later uh, doing a master so 2 years i spent doing a, doing my masters and then i was back in the field but doing something completely different so yeah just to fast forward ahead nadir after you worked 3 years at cartoon network produce the show takishi's castle which i think everyone who's above the age of 30 would definitely have watched at least once on uh, tv and then you did your masters what did you do after that did you go back into production because you said you spent 10 years in production right yes so after my masters um, i was still in the entertainment um, field but very very like widely different um career path compared to what i did with with cartoon again and i think i'm glad i now went to the production side as in the creator side people who actually create the shows make the shows right the channel just broadcast the shows so i went on the production house side because i think that's what i learned during my masters is that i need to make things like i need to make shows produce shows direct write whatever and for the next 10 years i i kind of did that so primarily i was in non fiction production only i made a lot of dance shows uh quiz uh you know infotainment sort of shows i was i was very much in that zone so i've worked with star plus i've worked with bbc worldwide um i've worked with uh, siddharth basu and his company so for people who are not aware of who siddharth basu is he's the host of uh, the original mastermind uh, india and then he became a producer of um, kon banega karodpati so yes i i had the opportunity to work with mr basu for a good 18 months and i also did um a lot of pre production work for uh, kbc kon banega karodpati but i was there on the project for barely 3 odd months and then i moved on to something else so wait so you never got into the hot seat or never got to say or main amitabh bachchan bol raha hu No so you know interestingly Peter I I was only in the hot seat um during <laughs> the pre production so what i mean by that is before you produce any show right you're supposed to keep testing it again and again do a lot of um tech runs you're supposed to keep testing the product uh, so any new format any new show right it's it's at a development stage and you can't take it on the floor for shooting and producing unless and until you're absolutely sure of how the flow of that 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 series or show is going to be so that is what i did for kbc they were coming up with a whole new format right uh, something on the lines of those whatever dancing jazz and it, it didn't work from what i from if my memory serves me right that particular format of kbc did not work too well so i was constantly in the hot seat because we were constantly things at each other and somebody mr basu would end up being the host every time and we would keep doing these mock runs with him these dry runs with him so i was constantly there so that that was that was actually fun because you get into the thick of it and you know you you get your name attached to a property that you have worked on that you have made that you have produced right so that was that was a great high that i got uh, in 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 those initial years of production i'm coming back to something that you said javed jafri told you right having all this experience working on you know production and all of that we live in mumbai bombay right the biggest industry or movie industry in india is here which is bollywood 
why never try for bollywood why not get into that space at all so you know peter people well now i think they would have they would have this knowledge and it's it's common knowledge but even back then television was bollywood uh, especially the segment that i was operating in which was non fiction it was only bollywood um the uh, i worked on one show called just dance um the judge on that show was rithik roshan i mean that show was rithik roshan that's that's how people knew the show and uh, once you have this a lister kind of a celebrity judging your show along with two other a lister choreographers farah khan and webavi merchant uh, you can attract any bollywood star and it's very easy right because people want to promote their films they want to promote their shows they want to promote their whatever whatever that these celebrities are associated with mostly at that point it would be films so i have actually uh, worked with practically all the bollywood stars back then a listers b listers whatever wherever they stand in the hierarchy i've worked with all of them right so whether it's, it's salman khan shahrukh khan ranveer singh deepika padukone karina kapoor karishma kapoor uh, govinda <laughs> i've i've worked with all of these guys because well, they so now that yeah. you're saying all these names i'm actually thinking did you like shake a leg with them also then <laughs> no god thank god that didn't happen i would have been a like small pool of embarrassment uh, i can't shake a leg or two or whatever i i really can't i'm really bad at that's why you know it's 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 amazing that i was in the entertainment business and i myself was actually a bit of a recluse uh, i was not exactly the extrovert <laughs> that you kind of need to be i just went there did my work and kind of left so uh, i i wasn't the star struck uh, uh, you know that after every show go and get a selfie or get an autograph i actually don't have a single autograph from any of these celebrities although i do have one photograph with with salman khan very very interesting story there uh, he was the host of the show called uh, daskadam and uh, we used to work with him day and night and uh, we would i've also been to his house by the way um Ooh, and, and <laughs> no so see again it, it wasn't it it wasn't by choice it was work because so salman khan when when you when we had to do these mocks right i was explaining that before you kind of get into shoot mode you're supposed to do a lot of these mocks and ensure that the property that you are producing is like top notch um he would he would just invite the 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 production team the creative team to his house to to do the mocks at his house so that's how we all landed up at his place uh, he has a lovely house he has paintings all over his room i don't know about now but uh, and he's a great host he's he's just a really really nice host and he would personally come and talk to you so he's giving me fitness tips and you know that time i was very lanky and thin and i would kind of stoop and then he would just like push me against the wall and he's like do this every day just push your back against the wall and look straight up don't slouch your shoulders will become this and then you'll become concave and cornerzoid so he actually gave me fitness tips so yeah i got fitness tips from salman khan did did any of them help i must ask <laughs> Peter, he only it only lasted till the tips <laughs> because when you're in production, right? When you're working for television in India, you're working easily anywhere between twelve hours to eighteen hours, right? And there's no time to do anything else. I think that's one of the reasons uh, I kind of quit also, and I I <laughs> I was made to quit in a way by by my wife because 
well then girlfriend now wife because she's like if this is how you're going to continue then you know when will i ever see you and she had a very valid point and i think it hit me really hard when when she said that that this is not going to work out if if this is your calling if this is how you're going to work because what happened was uh during my last production stints i actually fainted because i hadn't slept in 36 hours and we had to deliver um, wow this, yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. intense and, <laughs> it does it does and uh, it was uh, while well, we were working for a very very popular brand i will not name it and working f- with a very popular brand again i will not name them so i i just kind of collapsed on the floor and uh, I, next time i woke up i was in the in the hospital on a hospital bed and uh, the first person i saw uh, was my wife sabia and she's like are you sure you wanted to keep doing this because if you do then count me out and i think it really hit me back then that yeah what am i doing like i'm just chasing other people's dreams and i get nothing out of it so i decided to then call it quits and i said okay no more i i don't think i'm going to do this i'm going to now start um concentrating on my personal life i think i need to now start you know building this companionship this new companion that i found and i i want to kind of build my life around her and that's how i kind of went back to a slightly less intensive routine so i joined a channel back then so it wasn't all that bad i joined star and uh, it was definitely uh, better than the the kind of working conditions that i was experienced uh, to Uh, because uh, again when you join a channel you're not really producing things by yourself you are only you're aiding along you are a manager you're managing and supervising and the production house kind of takes care of everything so yeah so then the last 3 years of my production life was with this channel star plus wow nadir so i kind of understand how you decided to make a shift from production to a digital agency so for our listeners who are kind of not aware of that shift how did it all happen i mean were you even aware of you know digital media or digital marketing back then so i was definitely aware of the marketing function because when when you work with a channel you work with various other departments right so you have the marketing department the sales department the legal department and uh, various other departments i'm not really getting into into the specifics here my work at starplus started off pretty well it really did i i had a lot of fun i again met some very 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 interesting people and i i figured that there could be a great growth trajectory over here as well but like any organization you will always find toxic elements and unfortunately i also was in the middle of something very toxic over there and it, it just after a point it kind of it it gets to you right and professionally no matter where do you think you want to head you know you reach a point where you say okay enough is enough i i can't take this anymore and that's it that's it i'm 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 done with this and i think um end of in in 2015 is when i started getting the hang of uh you know digital not necessarily digital agencies and digital marketing or anything of that sort but i knew that digital is the next big wave and we all at least i need to kind of move towards that if i if i have to um you know upgrade myself professionally speaking so i decided to quit and i joined a digital boutique agency who makes content for youtube i was there for about less than a year 
and then um, what consult happened uh, the agency where we met and it was purely by accident right um i 10 years of my life that i spent in being a creator in creating producing um you know directing shows whatever little writing that i could do and then move straight into uh, advertising and and marketing and it was as i said by pure accident because when i when i met the management at at what consult and uh, i went for something else and i ended up doing something completely different uh, i don't know whether you call it luck fortune whatever it is um, but i must hand it out to the uh, the what consult team to actually see something in me they they must have seen something that i would fit right in 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 the sales and marketing team and that's exactly what happened i i got a chance but i got a chance with a caveat uh, you know the then ceo rajiv he told me that uh, now that i'm going to try you out you know for new business and business development and sales and uh, i'll give you 6 months and if you can prove your metal great otherwise i'm going to fire you and i thought that was a very fair assessment of the situation because i had zero experience in in this field and uh, i think it was absolutely i was okay with the conditions i was like yeah absolutely if i'm if i don't do well before that i'll probably leave <laughs> so i think it worked out uh, well for us and here i am you know four and a half years um at this digital digital agency and i'm enjoying what i'm doing right now so yeah yeah like little did we know back then that you know we would be sitting and doing a podcast and you know talking about parenting of all things right N- nothing of that sort was ever discussed right yeah imagine that like my shift from production to advertising gave rise to pops in a pod so clearly good things have have come out of that move back in 2016 so for those following your journey right i mean you've spent more than a decade in completely different functions in there what would you say would be like the major adjustment between going from you know content production or you know entertainment to now working in an agency what would be be the major adjustment that, or change that you had to make you know to be honest peter that's a great question because i think the the biggest adjustment that i had to make was the fact that i am going to be working with a very very young crowd and that was a huge cultural shift that i had to adjust myself to right because when i was working in television i was either um in the younger spectrum or you know at age wise at par with people who were working along with me but when i shifted to this the agency side man the like they were 23 24 year old <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that was like what is going on what have i stepped into and i think at, at some point and I, i won't lie at some point i felt that wow man these guys are so young and they know so much they're doing like so well um my current boss uh, was the first person to interview me and i think he was about 26 27 back then and he was like you know at uh, some some senior level and i was like wow this guy is like you know the the right hand person of the management and that's fantastic he must be having so much knowledge because he still does so i think that was a big adjustment that i had to make where i had to deal with you know the the new generation the, the young uh boys and girls just out of college into this mad mad world of advertising and digital which is you need to be constantly on your feet and i think that 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 was something um my experience of being constantly on my feet worked really well for me in in this 
in the digital marketing field right? because it, it wasn't that oh my god i'm back to 16 18 hours it was never like that because people kind of knew how to make time for things even if you're working weekends or working late at night they just knew how to sort of manage their time whatever best that they could so yeah and it, it was quite a ride you know and it, it's still it's still there it's it's still happening it was fun i, I always knew I, I always knew that i'll be able to sell things um where, where there's a creative aspect to it because back in television i always had this this strange fascination that okay i've made this i would probably know how to sell this better than the sales team uh but i was naive back then but i always had that thing that somebody who's made created something would definitely be able to help the sales team sell it better if not you know do it all by yourself so that um that drive really sort of helped me a, a lot um at the agency and uh, yeah i mean i'm still here so clearly i'm doing something right <laughs> so yeah true true right so you know we've talked so much one thing that actually i got introduced thanks to you and in a way you kind of made a full circle where now you're actually teaching at kc college also so tell me about that how did the whole teaching aspect come because i mean clearly you've been doing it for a while and really enjoy that also so yeah let me put it into perspective you've got a full time job you are running your house also and doing stuff at home you're doing the podcast and to top it off in the last year or so you've been jumping on zoom calls and teaching a class so clearly that's something you're passionate about oh yes absolutely i love teaching i mean uh, for me teaching is uh, a very very important way of sort of giving back to the next generation right and i it's like full circle peter i started my media as i said you know trist with media uh, at kc college and i've i've just gone back to kc college to teach media studies and video production and uh you know elements of production and creatives at at kc college so for me i love i love teaching i absolutely love teaching i wish i could make it a sustainable um career but honestly doing it uh just out of pure joy and as you said there's 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 a lot of passion behind it because you get to meet um you know a a new generation right and and you get direct access to how they think and what is it that that they are doing uh, or what they intend to do with their with their future and what's their thinking like and uh, i i think that's there's so much potential in there for me to grow and learn from these uh, students and and obviously vice versa so yeah teaching is something that i i look forward to a lot don't mind me saying this peter but i think sometimes i look forward to it even more than pops in a pod <laughs> so <laughs> yeah my apologies there but yeah i love teaching yeah no i totally agree i can i can completely understand where you're coming from cuz you know one of the things we have in common is the need to kind of give back right cuz it's yeah. about not just you learning but you also learn from others and i think true the more you spend time with the next generation or the younger generation you realize hey there is a gap or there's so much more i need to learn wow nadir i just realized we've spoken quite a bit about you and not even once talked about you as a parent yes a very very conscious decision 
I have taken. I think sometimes you just have to be selfish and let certain things just be about you. So yeah, I'm also glad that parenting did not come in come up in this conversation at all. But yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I'm glad. Uh, at least I hope our listeners have learned more about you and kind of understand where you're coming from and your background. Yeah, I, I was happy to to share and you know important milestones in in my life. And yeah, I mean, if it if it helps our listeners in any way, then then why not? But uh, Peter, I have a request. Can I go back being a a host with you, or do you still have some guest related things for me? No, I I think we'll have to wait for our next episode because we're going to swap places and I'm going to be in the hot seat, so to say. <laughs> Absolutely. So let me take that then. Next week, we have a very special guest who's going to join us, and his name is Peter Kotikalapudi, and he is going to tell us about his personal life. Right, Peter? And professional. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I I hope this was fun and uh, all our listeners kind of enjoyed a different side of us or seeing a different side of us on this episode. Uh, as always, you know where to reach us, uh, popsinapod uh, dot in, and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback. Just search for popsinapod on Facebook, Instagram. You know how to reach Nader and me. Yes, and we will see you in the next episode. All right, see you guys then.